What's going on, podcasting world? And welcome back to another episode of the Core Console RX Podcast. My name is Mike Corvino. With me, as always, Cole Swanson. Got two guests with us today as well. Oh, yeah. What's and going they, on, gentlemen? They each have a mic. How's yes. Yes. They each had their own mic, so we don't have to share anymore. We're Such stepping, an upgrade. <laughs> stepping on up in the world. You guys may recognize this handsome fellow here, Balak A. He yep. was with us uh, on rotation as a student, but now he has graduated to being in Still a student, but not my student. So Rotation number two. So now he's here Three. just as a friend on his own. And then I have here Dr. Michael Onks. Mike, what's going on, man? It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So you've uh, you've actually, this is no, no uh, difference than what your normal routine is, right? You do a lot of recording and podcasting and such. But I have to say, I'm impressed with the setup. <laughs> great job here. Appreciate it, man. Um, well, well, I don't know. Let's uh, block you. Tell Phyllis on how... Yeah, life's going. Curiously. So I've I've uh, I'm not at a Walgreens anymore. So I'm at um, uh, with a administrative now, um, which is good. It's fun. Today I actually went around to some of their stores. It's actually a small chain down here, and uh, just just checked out what they were doing. Acted like a like a board member and made sure everything was was good for them. So in case they get an audit in the future, but kind of doing things behind the scene like that. Um, you know. It's a lot of fun. Cool. cool. Is it like an independent chain? It's an independent chain down here, yeah. So that's what you're used to, right? That's what I'm used to. Not chain-wise, but the independent life is, is good. And it's it's interesting to see all their different stores because this, the ones I've visited are wildly different. You know, even even with independent pharmacies, um, depending on if you're, if you're in a small town or, or a big place. And one I visited last week was actually a lot like our store in, in my small town. So that was cool to see. Awesome. For those of you who don't uh, haven't heard... Uh, Blake, actually, his family. St- when did your grandfather start that pharmacy? Um, Nineteen sixty-six. So he's still he's got a pharmacy in his family that's been around a bit. So he's uh, going to be helping out there and stuff when he graduates. So pretty cool stuff. Um, Mike, uh, what uh, what kind of stuff are you get into these days? So besides being a pharmacist, what, what's your what's your life up to? Uh, I spend a good time motivational speaking. I have a YouTube channel. I have uh, me, my mom. Uh, sister from time to time watch it not a huge audience but uh, definitely love doing it so that's what I do with my spare time outside the pharmacy yeah my mom watches these videos every once in a while too my mom usually watches live on Instagram so that's cool we have a lot of support from the moms (laughs) we have good mothers (laughs) mine usually criticize it though oh no but it's okay usually just it's only me though yeah she's like yeah Mike's great it's that Cole guy Mm. that's 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 what my mom says thanks Um, to, and also, uh, Mike's here is being uh, humble because I've seen some of his videos get like thousands and thousands of views. So, yeah, I'm, I think it was like what fifty, eighty thousand on some couple videos. Uh, One hundred eleven. Uh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not that I know the exact numbers counting, or anything. But yeah, I mean, I'm not counting. Them. But I mean, who's who's who's, who's watching? <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah, Are you yeah, kidding me? Crazy. But y'all keep it up. You'll get there very soon. <laughs> I no appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So, what are we gonna talk about today, gentlemen? Uh, how about some BPH? All right. Some prostate. Sounds good. I tried hard to find uh, some other thing that BPH could mean to make a joke about it, but I, I don't think it means anything else. No <laughs> other acronym. <laughs> you tried hard or you looked for five minutes? It was maybe a minute, but okay, okay. You know, it's trying hard for me. Gotcha. I feel you. All right. So you got any background or words of wisdom or history lesson for us today? Not really any history, but um, I mean, you know, what is BPH? Benign prostatic hyperplasia or hypertrophy. They're pretty much interchangeable. Um, Very common among males and only in males, Uh, especially when you're over 50. The rates are pretty high. Uh, It's basically a histologic diagnosis uh, on the cellular level, 
proliferation of the cellular elements. Um, it's going to enlarge the prostate and it's going to cause chronic bladder outlet obstruction and it's going to cause issues with urination, basically. So uh, most commonly, it'll interrupt uh, quality of life, especially at night when patients are sleeping. They'll have to get up to use the restroom, um, which honestly happens to me on occasion now. Well, that's not good. I know. It's, it's mostly because at work, I don't have time to drink water. Like throughout the whole day, I'll drink like 16 ounces, and then I catch up at night, and, uh, you know, it all comes that's out it. throughout all- the night, I guess. I, and I usually just stick with, you know, Monster Energy Drink has water in it, obviously. And so <laughs> I just stick with that. based in water. Yeah. So I just get my water that way. It's the all-natural route. <laughs> so, But yeah, that's BPH. Absolutely. Um, and then as far as treatment, there's not a ton that, you know, we really do as far as pharmacotherapy options. Um, you, you know, the, the main, I guess... Uh, Typically, this the starting component that we will use is a alpha one uh, antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, there was I'm trying to pull it up. You can here. also use five alpha reductase inhibitors. You can PD5s. Um, PD5s. Uh, alpha one antagonist. There was this meta analysis pulled up uh, that actually compared combining either an alpha one um, with an anticholinergic mm-hmm. um, versus an alpha one by itself, and it, there wasn't really a um there wasn't really a big difference as far as outcomes it didn't really improve but uh you had an increase in side effects which you would kind of imagine right and so a lot of times they'll start off with just either uh an alpha one antagonist by itself um or like you said you can also use the five alpha reductase um, right kind of getting off the bat there's there's some treatments for bph that overlap with other conditions like urinary incontinence um and they'll even overlap a little bit with um the drugs they use for memory loss because a lot of times they will um more or less negate the effects of something used for urinary incontinence but for bph it's it's primarily those you mentioned and also some surgical techniques they can use to improve symptoms you want to walk us through one of the surgery uh procedures sure um so oh, cool. I said that sarcastically. He's going for it. Oh, I love you want it. me to do it? No, no, no I mean, go for it. I don't know anything I, I about it. I thought you were going to say I didn't know anything about it. I, I, I know, was going to say, I know, ah. I know the name of it. God, um, my plans what, are totally foiled. Transurethral resection of the prostate, I think, is one of the common ones. And they pretty much just take it out, I think, mm. in, um, in a way that's not pleasant. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. No, it's not. Sometimes they can just kind of trim, trim away the excess uh, prostate tissue. Um, they can use lasers to do that, which is pretty awesome. But yeah, those are just a couple of the techniques. So the side effects portion um, of the alpha ones, the um, I'm pulling it up here. You'll have to excuse me. Um, hypotension um, is definitely one that we would obviously think about. Um, and it looks like I was trying to see the uh, incidence of them compared to each other. Um, but definitely hypotension. Um, it looks like tamsulosin, alphazosin. Yeah, it definitely depends on the drug. So have there's, a lower potential. Right. So there's a few. There's like the first one that came out back in the 70s, which was phenoxybenzamine or dibenzaline. Um, and that one's not really used anymore, but it's more of a non-selective um, alpha blocker. It'll block alpha-1 and alpha-2 receptors. The rest of them are more selective for the alpha-1 receptor. Uh, so they don't really use that anymore. Prazosin, uh, mini press, can also be used, but you're going to see pretty significant orthostatic hypotension. It, it, it does target the alpha 1 receptor. Um, they'll also use that in hypertension on occasion. 
Uh, they'll also use that in patients with um, a PTSD with nightmares. They'll uh, try to negate that, uh, but it uh, can cause significant decreases in blood pressure. So there's concerns there. Tamsulosin, Flomax is definitely the most common because it's probably the lowest risk for that. Um, but like you mentioned, alfuzosin, uh, alpha-1 selective um, has a little less blood pressure lowering, but doxazosin and uh, terazosin uh, are both known for blood pressure lowering and will be used kind of um, as an adjunct in a patient who has BPH and uh, high blood pressure. Which I think is kind of interesting, and I, this is sort of just a thought I just had, but you know, if we think about we always try to like optimize therapy. So if you have a patient with hypertension and BPH, uh, it may make sense to give them doxazosin as even like a primary agent because then we think that we're lowering the blood pressure, we're, we're taking care of them and right. preventing cardiovascular risk, hopefully by lowering the blood pressure. Um, but you would want to keep in mind things like, for instance, Allhat. Um, we were compared in lodipine, um, compared the lisinopril and it compared clothalidone. Well, the fourth arm that we always forget about was doxazosin, um, and because it wasn't it wasn't reported uh, because of the adverse effects, and when it actually had a decrease in or an increase in events when you compare it directly to clothalidone, and so they removed that arm, stopped it, and then just reported the three that we kind of think about as actual first line therapy. So that would be something to keep in mind. If you did have a patient that did have comorbidities with like hypertension, um, you want to make sure that you are still keeping in mind first-line treatments for the other disease state so that we're not, you know, jumping to conclusions and, and just uh, simplifying therapy when we're not actually reducing outcomes. So just yeah. a thought I had when I was looking at this. Right, because it's not all about the numbers. Right. Don't we always say that? Yes, not all about the numbers. You can lower the blood pressure, but if you don't stop a uh, an MI or a stroke, what did you really do? Yeah. Treat the patient, not the numbers. And we should also mention before we keep going with um, treatment, so this increase of um, cells, the hyperplasia is going to cause these symptoms of incomplete emptying um, frequency. Uh, it's going to press on the um, neural involvement down there, and it's going to cause these feelings straining. Sometimes they'll, um, you know, have a weak stream um, and also feel a sense of urgency. So the, all these drugs are going to attempt to relieve that, mainly by blocking alpha receptors, which would... Um, when alpha receptors are stimulated, it's going to increase the smooth muscle tone. So by blocking those, especially in select areas of the prostate and the bladder, you're going to relax the muscles um, and hopefully decrease these symptoms because it's really all about symptom treatment. And we'll talk about the 5-alpha reductase inhibitors, and uh, those are um, more of a hormonal involvement. So uh, testosterone is converted to dihydrotestosterone, um, and that is frequently what's um, considered the reason that patients will have the hypertrophy or the hyperplasia. Uh, so you'll block 5-alpha reductase, which metabolizes testosterone to dihydrotestosterone, thereby decreasing rates of dihydrotestosterone um, and hopefully reducing the hyperplasia. So they can be used in conjunction with the alpha blockers and frequently are. And, and if you think about it, you know, you're, you're preventing the like the androgenic effects yeah. of testosterone, not the anabolic. Right. Um, we do obviously want, is, is a male would want to have the anabolic effects of testosterone for energy purposes and you know things like that, but the androgenic effects are where you get into trouble, and that's what you're trying to prevent because when you have too much testosterone conversion, you will get some of those androgenic effects. Right, but that being said, there are side effects that kind of go along with low um, testosterone levels, and we'll talk about those when we talk about the... Five alpha, I'm, yeah, the 5-alpha reductase inhibitors. 
Um, one thing I'll throw in there too, just since we talked about tamsulosin, um, you may come across for the pharmacist listening, you may come across a prescription for tamsulosin for a female. Yeah, I've seen um, that. short term use tamsulosin. I think that's thrown. I've talked to a few people that's kind of thrown them off. Typically, especially you know, look and see if they're giving up the pain med. They're most likely using that to help them pass a kidney stone. Uh, there's not good data for this, but it is something that uh, physicians in the ED will try sometimes um, to discharge. It's supposed to make it easier. I've seen a couple of meta-analyses that say that's not actually the case, but if if you know makes it better for the patient, go for it. No, I saw that one time, and the lady asked uh, for me to fill her flow max, and I said, you mean your husband's flow max? And she said, no, it's for me. Yeah. And I said, I was super confused, and yeah, I looked it up and, and found that. Um, and typically, tamsulosin is given 30 minutes after a meal. They, they always specify 30 minutes um, for the tamsulosin to, I guess, increase absorption, reduce some of the GI side effects, and, and it's a little bit longer, I guess, uh, release than some of the other ones. Like aflozosin, you're taking just directly after a meal. But tamsulosin, they do specify 30 minutes after the same meal every day when you're taking it. Yep, yep. So those are the uh, alpha blockers. I should also mention a couple of tests that they'll run in patients who you suspect um, have BPH. Uh, one um, being the, um, or it's not really a test, but it's a way that they can score whether you have, um, you know, minimal BPH or it's moderate, severe, that kind of thing. Uh, but it's the International Prostate Symptom Score. And a lot of times they recommend if it's low or mildly symptomatic, then don't treat. They'll do watchful waiting and really only reassess it every year or so um, because it's all about symptom improvement. Um, BPH doesn't actually cause prostate cancer. Patients who have BPH are just at a higher risk for prostate cancer. Um, so if you're moderately symptomatic, but it's not... Um, affecting the patient's quality of life they'll also do watchful waiting so just because a patient has an enlarged prostate doesn't mean you have to go ahead and start treating with these medications because they have side effects of their own um, you can watch and wait and you know ask them how many times they're getting up to pee every night and uh, if it's if it's affecting their quality of life then we'll consider treatment um, here's an interesting meta-analysis from 2010 uh, where they compare different alpha alpha one antagonists against finasteride uh-huh um, doxazosin and terazosin were more effective in improving urinary symptoms compared with finasteride, but tamsulosin and finasteride were equally effective. Okay. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, just throwing that out there, but it, cause we usually it's do see there. tamsulosin, uh, more frequently used than the other two. And I, and it's oh, yeah. most likely just side effect profile they're trying to avoid, but well, that and uh, price, I'm sure, which yeah. the other two aren't, I don't think are particularly expensive, but um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure flow max is pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you mentioned finasteride, which is proscar. Uh, there's also dutasteride, which is avodart. Those are the two five alpha reductase inhibitors. Like we said, they're going to decrease those rates of dihydrotestosterone and hopefully improve symptoms. Uh, they've quantified it with Proscar, which I think is kind of funny, but it improves urinary flow rate by about two milliliters per second. So, I mean, if you consider how long you usually urinate, uh, I mean, a solid 60, do, 60 mils or so. I do normally time myself. <laughs> a couple ounces. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. The, um, the other finasteride is the, because the Proscar is five milligrams. Yeah. Um, but there is a one milligram finasteride, mm-hmm. and that's for gentlemen trying as hard as they can to, to not lose their hair. Yes, and they try hard, don't they? They do. 
But um, the other thing is to keep in mind, it, finasteride one milligram, the Propecia, is a little, it's coming down in price significantly. So you, you probably don't have to deal with this too much anymore. Um, but you may come across again for the pharmacists out there, you may see a prescription that says like Proscar five milligrams, take one fourth tablet um, once a day. Um, that's most likely them trying to save the patient some money. Yeah. Um, but because a lot of the discount cards and things like that uh, have Proscar very cheap. Uh, on their plans, and so you can get like a four-month supply from 30 tablets of Proscar for very, next to nothing compared to the cost of Propecia. So right. if you see that, don't be freaked out that there's some crazy dosing going on. That's probably the, all they're trying to get you know, get around the price. Yeah. I had this one. Uh, there was an attending. I did an internal medicine rotation, and this one attending was, I guess, discussing this because back back then the price was really high. And his resident said, oh, you know, I just, I feel bad writing the prescription because I know they, you know, it's going to give him some hope, but it's so expensive. He's like, oh, just give him Proscar and just have him chip little pieces off of it. He's like, works great for their hair and, and their prostates will be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, that was, was funny. Awesome. <laughs> Middle of rounds. But here's, uh, here's why those might not can be, be considered first line, even though they work pretty well, um, is the side effects. So uh, things that males are not going to like to hear. Erectile dysfunction, decreased libido, breast enlargement, and uh, ejaculation disorders. So that's um, between 1% and 10% of patients in the studies had those side effects. Uh, and when patients have those side effects, they tend to stop medications. So probably why you would want to start with Flomax. Yeah. And uh, a couple of um, exams or tests that we probably should mention is one, the um, digital rectal exam they'll frequently do. Um, especially in males older than 50. They'll also do PSA tests, so prostate-specific antigen tests, um, which are relatively controversial uh, as to whether um, how indicative that is of prostate cancer, and there's this whole thing going on as to whether they should be doing those or if it's a waste of time and money, and it makes patients go um, go to specialists and see urologists for things that are relatively benign, or even patients who might um, start treatment for prostate cancer who don't actually have it. Uh, I don't really have the answer. Uh, I know talking to patients about it, they really like to have PSA tests because uh, I guess for a patient to feel in control of their health, they like numbers because that's really the only things that um, without a formal education uh, in medicine can understand. They can look at a number and say, okay, is this high or is this low? And so they like to have that and say, oh yeah, my PSA was good or oh, my PSA is high. So um, if nothing else, sometimes it, it gives them peace of mind and they say, yeah, I, I want to have that. Same with, um, I've heard the same thing about mammograms and there's a controversy um, as to how often, you know, women should be getting mammograms and if you can cut down after a certain age or something like that. Um, but the patients don't really like it because they like the peace of mind of mm -hmm. knowing, okay, I got a mammogram and I'm all good. Um, so yeah, and a lot of that goes into Medicare and Medicaid and what they're going to pay for and um, cost benefit analyses and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. Yep. Yep. There's also anticholinergic agents mm -hmm. kind of going down the list. Um, a lot of side effects with those. They use those for incontinence and things like that. Uh, and in female patients as well, um, they can help somewhat in, uh, in patients with BPH, but, um, don't see these a ton. I would say usually they save them for incontinence. Um, but they are available. And what are those? Oxybutynin's one, right? Yeah, oxybutynin. Um, you have the uh, like tris, um, trospium is another one I've mm -hmm. seen uh, pretty regularly. Detrol, LA. Um, those are the ones that I'm the most familiar with. Yeah, me too. Any um, thoughts on any of those medications, guys? Good. 
Cool. And that means we covered it. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, now, you, obviously, the uh, you think of anticholinergic side effects, so you get you know potential dry mouth, constipation, um, urinary retention, which I guess in those patients is a good thing. Uh, you can get some blurred vision, uh, things like that. So, you gotta definitely uh, weigh the the pros and the cons with using one of those agents, and probably not a good idea for first line. Um, one of the groups that I've seen catch a lot more. Uh, interest lately, especially in elderly men, is the phosphodiesterase 5 inhibitors. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, Cialis has a 5 milligram dose that's approved for BPH. Uh, They take it daily, and um, it has been shown to not only improve BPH symptoms, but also erectile dysfunction. Uh, And so it gives patients a, a... you know, dual use for their drug that they can take every day, and it's not something that they have to actually time when you know they're right. like one hour before action. You right, know, these, these prescriptions like, written. I don't know one hour before. Right? Yeah, and you're like, how are you gonna time that? Right, maybe you can by that age. You're just the pro, but um, the you know the, the 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 problem with this is you know these patients again they have this this uh, solution to their problem. But the five milligram Cialis is still brand name, and, and the yeah. the biggest problem with all of those phosphodiesterase fives that are only used for uh, erectile dysfunction is price. Right. And Cialis five milligrams is no different. Right. And so, you know, these patients will come in and they're either it won't be covered at all. They'll need a prior authorization where their doctor has to fill out some uh, information for the insurance company, especially if it's a daily dose. Exactly, and they just can't. You know, some of them will still pay huge copays, and they they're like, "Well, I'm not using it for erectile dysfunction. I'm using it for right. BPH." But unfortunately, insurance companies don't care. Which Viagra is now generic, and um, it's still frequently charged a lot for it. But I think that the generic itself, what, as far as what it costs the pharmacy, is pretty cheap. Um, but I don't. It's not really approved for BPH. I don't think it's mm. been used much. It's mainly Cialis. Yeah. And how that works? It's a PDE five inhibitor, phosphodiesterase five, um, and it it works in BPH similarly to the way it works in ED, just in a different place. Uh, so it's going to increase cyclic GMP activity, increase the vasodilatory effects of nitric oxide, um, and ultimately help relax that smooth muscle in the bladder and prostate and uh, decrease symptoms. Because that's the idea. Yep. And for those of you sitting at home and you're like, hey, you know what? I think I hear like a lawnmower or something in the background. <laughs> You'd be right. You would. <laughs> I just want to share this with you guys because we find it funny that somehow. I find it crazy. Regardless of what time of day. It doesn't matter. We could be, it could be midnight. doesn't matter the, the day of the week. And somehow this guy will find a way to have this lawn care group come out and start cutting grass uh, down the street from us. And do, it, do you know, don't say his name. We'll come up with a name for him. We'll call him, we'll call him Tom. It's too simple. I don't like it. Okay. Jericho. <laughs> Jericho. Okay. God, Jericho. Yeah. This, this Jericho guy, every single time we record, I think he sees the cars I think outside does. of your house. And he's like, he, he hires his team to come out and just, interrupt the podcast yeah his wife says his wife says jericho not again we need to spend some time together no i need to go mow and do whatever i can to interrupt their podcasting because it's too successful it's, too, <laughs> it's doing too well i listen to it every day <laughs> something that's probably what happens most i don't likely. know it's, oh, it's crazy. It's it was, the rails it was raining one time, and we're like, oh, he's not going to be mowing. He started the, the one more started startup right halfway up, through. Right when we started. It's unbelievable. So we got Jericho over there. Mm, the Good. worst. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. He's probably the nicest person ever. <laughs> he's probably, he's probably is. <laughs> Does nothing but paints churches in his, in his free time. Or maybe he just uh, really likes to have a, a um, groomed yard. Yeah, yeah, got to. Man. 
What about herbal therapies? That's the one that yeah. uh, is a big controversy, I guess, because you'll see some of these elder elderly patients buying these herbal supplements to try to help their symptoms. Some of them are super expensive. Um, what do you think about that? Um, there's one in particular that I honestly can't remember the name of that I see frequently, and so I'm about to look it up. Just super super beta prostate. That's the uh, sal palmettos in there. Sal palmetto, yeah. That that's the one that I see patients use a lot. Is sal palmetto. Yeah. Um, that there's a few of them. I have to see exactly what the ingredients are, but I think super beta prostate. I see is that on I TV see, all yeah. the time. Yeah. They're like, do you want to have a healthy prostate and get superpowers and spend a lot of money? Yeah, it's the low price of your mortgage, you can have a healthy prostate. I'm, I'm waiting for the, uh, you know, the beta version. I'm waiting for the official version. So. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> a little nerd humor for you. <laughs> So uh, cell palmetto, um, there's not a lot of good uh, data that shows that it's actually efficacious. They, they looked at this meta-analysis, uh, or the systematic review, rather, 2012. They looked at 32 different randomized trials, uh, and they looked specifically at patients with BPH, um, comparing cell palmetto with placebo. Didn't find any difference in urinary symptom scores. Um, didn't find a difference in urinary flow or prostate size. Yeah. So it's usually how it goes. Is it relatively safe? I feel like that's when I had my first patient. I had no idea what it was. I looked it up and felt like it was relatively safe. Yeah, it does have a few drug drug interactions. I'd have to look up to see specific. I think they're kind of, you know, random. Yeah, random. But yeah. Um, I would definitely run it against the patient's profile if they were going to use it. But it's, you know, one of those things that it's worth having a conversation with them to maybe save them some money. Yeah. Uh, and we mentioned that the alpha blockers and the 5-alpha reductase inhibitors can be used together. There are some combination products, which mm-hmm. I'm sure are just extremely expensive. I've seen this one before, Jalen, which is a combination of dutasteride and tamsulosin. Um, and it was expensive, but they're out there to you know simplify regimens to um, decrease pill burden. And maybe eventually when they're cheaper, they might be used more often. I've also seen, so um, Flomax is frequently 0.4 milligrams once a day. Um, but I have seen it twice a day. I've actually seen it twice a day a lot. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen the, the 0.8 dose, either taking it twice a day or taking two at one time. Hmm. Um, when I was at the VA, I actually saw that a lot. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. So I don't know the data behind that or whether that's a, you know, good recommendation, but I've definitely, I've seen it. It's out there. What a, what a foreshadowing moment (laughs) on future podcasts when we actually look the data up up and (laughs) and share it with you. We'll share it. Here's a uh, here's a random uh, product I've never heard of, but it's I'm probably gonna butcher this name, but Pygenium africanum is this apparently extract of bark from an African plum tree. Okay. Um, there's some data from 2002. Uh, it's a meta-analysis that looked at 18 different randomized control trials, and they saw that the active treatment group had an improvement of two times uh, two times more improvement in symptoms compared to placebo. Um, hmm. increase peak urinary flow rates by 23%. So, interesting. Okay. So that's herbal? Yeah. Hmm. yeah I, I don't know what actual branding products have that. But yeah, might warrant some uh, looking yeah, into. Sounds like it's better than cell palmetto. We'll have to look into that more and let you guys know again. And you, and you may ask yourself, you know, especially people who don't suffer from this, you know, what's the big deal? So they're going to they're gonna pee a little more. Why does it matter? Um, well, if you're getting up four or five, six times a night, that matters. Uh, it's significantly affecting somebody's quality of life, especially when, as you get older, you have more trouble sleeping in general. Um, so quality of life is a big, 
thing, but it can also cause bigger issues. So the bladder outlet obstruction, um, you might call it chronic end stage when it's, um, you know, they're older and they've had it for a long time. In the past, it would often lead to renal failure and uremia um, in patients who weren't treated because they didn't have a lot of treatments, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, that's a lot less common these days, but it can lead to significant urinary retention, can lead to renal issues, urinary tract infections, hematuria, um, and also bladder calculi. So um, there are more significant issues than just um, frequent urination and urgency, um, but that is considerable, especially when you're, you're talking to somebody who has it. And also keep in mind, too, if you do have a patient that has you know, frequent urination and they have a history of BPH and they have just kind of you know, take take their uh, frequent urination to mean that their BPH is, is you know, the way it is now. Um, it is important to kind of consider that it could be also, if they're on medication, they're still having these issues, make sure you, you know, consider checking a blood sugar to yeah. make sure that their A1C and all that is, is good. Make sure that it's not a uh, combination issue, um, and that, that they're actually spilling glucose, and that's what's causing the, the frequent urination. Something to consider. Don't just take the BPH and just assume there you go. Uh, and I mentioned that it frequently affects males over 50. Um, the rates uh, in, or the prevalence in um, white males and African-American males is similar, um, but they have found that it tends to be more severe and progressive in African-American men. They aren't totally sure why. They think it might have to do with higher testosterone levels, higher 5-alpha reductase activity, um, and more androgen receptor expression, but um, just keep that in mind. Uh, it's also histologically evident in about 90% of men 85 years old and older. So it's kind of like cancer. They say if you we live longer. long enough, then everybody's going to die of cancer. Um, if a man lives long enough, then they're going to have BPH. Actually, there, we had a speaker at school one time, and he was talking to us about BPH. And he said, uh, he basically said, all men have BPH. He said, um, ladies, if you think your boyfriends don't have BPH, um, or maybe he was talking to the males, I can't remember. He said, uh, my my three-year-old, when he lays on his back naked, he can pee straight up in the air. Man, you go home and try that and see what happens. <laughs> he said, we all have BPH. That's an interesting test. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't try it. So. You don't lie. You, you, <laughs> totally tried it. You totally tried that. <laughs> uh, but as many as 14 million men in the U.S. have symptoms of BPH and worldwide about 30 million men. So it's very common. And um, we all, all us men may suffer from it someday. All us with prostates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw a, uh, this is another fun story just to, for the heck of it. On rounds, this this new, she was a medical intern, so she, first year doctor. Uh, the She was very flustered. You could tell she was tired. And the attending, who just was a little jokester, uh, asked her, she was like reporting on this one patient. And he says, uh, did you, did you, uh, what about her prostate? Did you check her? Like it was a female patient. Did you check her prostate? And the girl was like, uh, no. he's like, how did you forget that? He's like, it's so important to like making sure that, you know, you follow up and she's like, I'll be right back. And she left and he just like cracks up. Laughing. I was like, oh man, that was mean. That was brutal. <laughs> brutal. But it made us laugh. So it's fine. As long as we're telling stories. Uh, God, so many stories today. I know. <laughs> when I was in South Africa, uh, my fiance, so she, she was, she's a PA. Uh, but she was a student at the time, and there was a guy who came in, and uh, they did a prostate exam on him because he was describing um, symptoms of BPH and frequent urination, that kind of thing. So our leader did the prostate exam, and he felt it, and it was apparently significantly um, enlarged. And so he asked the guy, he said, hey, can I have the students 
um, do do a you know digital prostate exam on you so they can practice? He was like, sure. So we had like six or seven students, just one, one after, after the another. other, do a do an exam. And he's like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's why I'm proud to be a pharmacist. Right. <laughs> So, no, thank you. Anyways, nice of the guy, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice, nice of the guy. Do you guys have any great prostate stories you want to share? <laughs> Sadly, no. Nothing comes to mind. Unbelievable. Apparently, everybody's got them. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll think of it's not, and you'll be like, oh, man, I should have told that story. Oh, I should have told that story. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that was really, really a quick, basic uh, rundown of it, but we'll uh, we'll come back to it, revisit it, and we'll, we'll spend a little bit more time going through some of the pharmacology at a later yeah. time. But The basics aren't too bad. It's just when you get a patient who's maxed out yeah. and they're still having symptoms, there's not much else you can do except for surgical techniques. So. Yeah. So, refer. <laughs> That's yeah. the moral of the story. Refer to urology. We'll leave it to a urologist. <laughs> all right. Anything else, Cole? That's all I got. Anything else for you guys? None. None. Good to have you guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. for sitting in with yeah. us. Appreciate it. Speaking of Propecia, we all have good hair, so. I don't. <laughs> That's why you're wearing a hat. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. It's just my phone ringing, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a good way to end the episode, my phone ringing. So that's we will. Standard. Yeah. No, why not? We'll see you guys next time. We appreciate it. Thanks.